are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, March 14th, 2022, and this is Locked On Mariners brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Tidying Gonzalez, joined as always by my co host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C P A T 1 1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also get into some non baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that if you are interested and want more of us. So, the Mariners signed an outfielder to a minor league deal. We're going to tell you what you need to know about Steven Souza Jr. After that, why the Twins are kind of screwing things up for the Mariners right now. And then our general thoughts on the first few days of this free agency restart, which hasn't really gotten going. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. So Steven Souza Jr., Everett Washington native, former third round pick. Of the Washington Nationals, he went over to the Rays in the Will Myers three-team trade uh, and had a couple of good years uh, in Tampa, particularly in 2017 when he hit uh, 239, 351, 459 with a 121 WRC+. Plus. He had 30 bombs that year. But ever since then, it's been kind of a rocky road for him. He went to the Diamondbacks in 2018, struggled there, was with the Cubs in 2020, struggled there, was with the Dodgers this past season and hit 152, 222, 333 with a 51 WRC+. But at the end of the day, Colby, this is a minor league signing and really our general rule of thumb for you and I is that no minor league signing is bad at the end of the day. No, it's an, it's a literally impossible for it to be bad because if it doesn't work out, goodbye, and you lose nothing. Um, uh, the deal is I, as I... Uh, remember it is that if he makes the big league roster, his base salary will be $1 million. It's literally nothing for Seattle. And they bring back a, you know, right-handed guy, a right-handed hitter who does have, you know, some major league track record. He's a native of the Pacific Northwest. He's from Everett. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool. And uh, yeah, you know, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, like you mentioned the power, there's some tools there and, and, you know, he didn't play much at the big league level last year. He did play in triple a and he was, as you might expect, he was quite good um, at triple a because he's, he's still too good for that level um, at 32 years old. So yeah, there's no such thing as a, as a bad one year deal. And, and that applies to Steven Souza jr. Um, because it's a minor league deal. And if he never plays a game for the Mariners, it's probably a good thing, but if he has to, the Mariners have a viable big league outfielder in triple a, um, yeah. which, you know, when you consider guys like Lewis and Kelnick and Hanniger and the questions that surround those guys, um, injury and performance wise, uh, it's nice to have that, that safety blanket down in triple a, um, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but did you, uh-huh. did you see any opt outs like has to be on the major league roster by X day? Cause I did not, I did not either. So that's that would seem to imply that he didn't have much of a market and that uh, 
in that he is uh, probably going to stick around most of the year unless you know another team wants to give him an opportunity, and then I'm sure Seattle will oblige. But uh, it's good depth. Yeah, yeah, it's it's depth at the end of the day. These are the kinds of moves that a team is going to make at this time of year in a normal, you know, in a normal setting. Mm. Um, it just so happened to to go down when everyone's kind of on the edge of their seat waiting for the Mariners to do something big while they're in, you know, rumors with with Chris Bryant and, and what have you. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of a freak out on Twitter yesterday when the news happened. You know, we, we got... A couple of deals happening here and there for for some of the other teams, but none of the really big guys that the Mariners have been linked to have gone anywhere yet. But still, you know, there were some comments about, you know, this isn't Chris Bryant. Where is Chris Bryant? Where is Trevor Story? What, what is Jerry DePoto doing? He's fallen asleep. Colby, is there any reason to be panicked right now about what the Mariners are doing? Oh, man. The four minutes before everybody realized what should have been obvious right away that this was a minor league deal um, yeah. was four minutes of the best Mariner Twitter you could you could ever hope for. Um, I guess it's a good thing that people are really excited for the Mariners and that they want them to go and, and you know, make these big splashy moves. But, uh, you know, that's not always how it is. And, and these guys have value um, to your organization. So. Yeah, that, that was a fun, fun little time period there where everybody was freaking out because uh, apparently Steven Souza Jr. was their answer to, to not getting Chris Bryant, I guess. Um, but no, I, I, I still wouldn't panic. Um, the market on uh, off, on the bats hasn't really gotten going yet. Uh, maybe that changes today. It sounds like Seiya Suzuki is, is going to sign with the Padres. Um, five and 70, I believe, is are the terms for that. Uh, the Braves just gave up a boatload to get Matt Olson um, from the A's, which uh, obviously impacts the Mariners, but not really a guy the Mariners were, were going to go after anyways. Uh, although apparently they did, they did ask. So yeah, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, Brian's still out there. Story's still out there. Most of the pitching that we talked about, um, you know, is still out there. There are a few few arms that we like that are no longer available, so that that does hurt. But yeah, it's not time to panic uh, yet. Um, I just I, I do think that maybe it's time for Mariner fans to start to maybe shift expectations away from like the big name guys. And right now, there's only like two or three of them left, anyways. Um, and maybe start looking at just good quality bats that fit the roster. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't panic yet, but obviously, you know. It, <laughs> obviously it's you know it's it's 2022 and and there's no such thing as patience so um mm-hmm. take a deep breath we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll get moves the mariners are not going to go into the season as is um what those moves will be i have no idea so we'll set to wait and see so another thing that's causing some anxiety is what the uh the twins are doing because it's kind of in line with what people were hoping the Mariners would do. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. 
It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day and just a reminder to check out locked on mlb prospects host Lindsay crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow it's free and available wherever you get podcasts just like us so what in the world are the twins doing right now Yesterday, just out of the blue, they traded for Sonny Gray, who we had heard was uh, was a topic of discussion for the Mariners and Reds uh, before the lockout happened. Uh, I was personally told that there was a deal potentially lined up with them to get Sonny Gray to Seattle. But alas, he is going to Minnesota in return for Chase Petty, which is a pretty hefty haul uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. But uh, after that, they traded Josh Donaldson to the Yankees along with Isaiah Connor for Leffa, who they also acquired recently in a trade with the Rangers where Mitch Garver went to Texas. And uh, they got Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez back in that deal. But most importantly, they got rid of all $50 million of Josh Donaldson's money. The Yankees are taking all of it, which now means they have $50 million over the next two years to play with, in theory. And they are now being linked to... Trevor's story. So after taking one of the Mariners potential trade targets and now seemingly going after one of their top free agent targets, someone that apparently the Mariners offered a contract north of a hundred million dollars to that he turned down because he didn't want to play third base. Apparently, according to John Heyman, which eh, got to take that with a grain of salt there, but yeah, they are, uh, they're kind of doing what we had talked about the Mariners potentially doing and what a lot of Mariners fans have been hoping the Mariners would do kind of weird, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. We started the off season talking about, Hey, maybe the twins are a team that fit what Seattle needs. I mean, Byron Buxton was apparently not close to an extension. We had talked about Donaldson quite a bit. Um, you know, Jorge Polanco was kind of the dream and then they signed uh, Buxton to an extension. And I think at that point, at, at least for me, um, it, it was pretty, it's, it seemed like it was likely that, uh, Minnesota wasn't rebuilding, uh, despite trading Barrios, um, because you, if you're rebuilding, you probably go ahead and trade Buxton and you don't give him a hundred million dollars. Uh, obviously now we know that's not the case. You don't acquire Sonny Gray and, and Gio Urshela and, and Gary Sanchez. Um, if you're rebuilding, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. At the end of the day, they traded Donaldson and Garver for Urshela and Sanchez. So they got worse on paper. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they also saved about, what, $40 million, give or take. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously that's going to be used for something. Some of that is, is going to go to Sonny Gray. Um but that still leaves a huge chunk of change. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously Trevor story makes a, a tremendous amount of sense uh, when, you know, they traded their shortstop that they had for 30 hours. So yeah, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's a good thing 
but though I, I think it's really interesting that Minnesota, which is a true mid market team, uh, they they're not afraid to spend a little bit. Now they're never going to have like the huge inflated salary uh, payroll, but they're not afraid to spend some money. They they did it on Donaldson, they've done it on Buxton, and you know they're probably going to end up doing it or try to do it on story. So yeah, I think it's good for the game. Um, the fact that they're having an off season that a lot of Mariner fans would have really wanted. I don't think it matters that much because I, I think there were some, there were some murmurings out there um, from, from Jason Churchill at prospect insider who kind of implied that the Mariners had moved off of Trevor story as their primary target about six weeks ago. Um, I don't know where he got that from, but that's what he was saying. Uh, but then again, we have reports that the Mariners already made a $100 million plus dollar offer to Trevor Story, and he said no, seemingly indicating that Story really wants to stay at shortstop. And that's the case. He's not a fit. You know, so I don't I don't really I don't really care that much. Um I, I'm happy for the twins. I like what they're doing, but as in terms of how it really impacts the Mariners. Not sure that it does all that much, um, just based on what we're hearing. Now, we don't have any inside information. Maybe they're still really aggressive on story. We just don't know. On top of the story interest, they're also interested in a couple of other guys we've talked about for the Mariners, Sean Mania and Frankie Montes. So it just kind of continues and continues. Right. Um, and, and obviously, they're not going to impede the Mariners from getting all of these guys. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a little irritating that there's suddenly uh, another uh, contender for some of these names that you didn't really expect. And so I, I can understand that. Um, at the end of the day though, it's really up to to Jerry DePoto and company to make it happen. Right. They can certainly outbid the twins however way they want. If they really want to look like you mentioned as well, the, the twins have something that the Mariners don't, and that's an opening at shortstop, a very clear opening at shortstop. Um, so, so with story, this, this doesn't really apply, but in terms of just the rest of the trade market, et cetera, um, you know, if, if, if they lose out on any of these guys to, to Minnesota, the fault really falls on the front office. Uh, for, you know, and, and that might not be, uh, necessarily a bad thing. It might just be the, uh, the market, you know, is a little too expensive for their taste. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's really a matter of want, right. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, do they, you know, are, are, do they want these players enough to spend what it's going to take, whether that's in prospect or, or financial capital. So we're going to we're going to have to see. Uh, just, but overall, in general, just going back to our conversation earlier about, you know, kind of what the Mariners are doing right now. I, I you know, I Brian Divish and, and Daniel Kramer and some of these guys ha- have reiterated this fact that, you know, they're more into, you know, something more long term and something a little more complicated to, to finalize. So it's going to take time. So I wouldn't really panic in terms of what they're doing right now. I think it honestly, maybe the the silence signifies that there's something kind of big on the way. Mm-hmm. And probably something that we're not thinking is a real possibility. Um, it's just kind of how it goes, you know, and, and I, yeah, I still think that they're heavily involved in the Chris Bryant market. Um, that obviously takes two to tango and we don't know how interested Bryant is in Seattle. Um, but I suspect they're still heavy in that market, but I, I, 
kind of, I think they made their best offer to story and maybe if the market comes back to them, story reenters their, you know, their, their plans. But for now, I don't think he is. And I think they've moved on. And when you start talking about what, what could necessitate like a long kind of not delay, but kind of a, what's a long process to complete. You start talking about deals that include major leaguers because you have to get physicals done. And these guys weren't, you know, around in the off season. So they, they didn't even have to report until yesterday. So you start thinking about that and you kind of go, okay, well, what, what else could complicate things? And you say, well, money, money changing hands can complicate things. Um, you know, opt outs can complicate things uh, in free agency. So I don't know, maybe it's, Chris Bryant wants six years and the Mariners are offering him five in, in a, in a, you know, vesting option. And, and they're trying to work out the final details of that. Maybe they're talking to the Cardinals about Nolan Arenado and, you know, and Arenado's can opt out after this year. Maybe they're trying to work around that. I don't, I, I don't know. We don't know, but yeah, deals are, deals are complicated. Trades are complicated, um, particularly when you're involving money and major leaguers. Um, the deals can take a minute to, to come together. Um, but we'll see, you know, it, it could just be nobody wants to sign yet because, you know, Brian's waiting to see what Freeman gets. You know what I mean? So there's a mm. wide range of possibilities here that could be holding things up. Um, not the least of which is that, you know, again, it takes another, it takes two sides to come to a deal. And if one side doesn't want to come to a deal with the other side at this time, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> you just have to wait and be patient. So um, Seattle's going to do things, and they're going to be significant things. It's just we don't have a good grasp of what they are, and there's a pretty good chance it looks a lot different than we thought it was going to look three months ago, which uh, you know, front offices had three months just to talk to, to their own people. <laughs> That's literally all they could do. You don't think that they reevaluated and re-looked at some things? Yeah, you better believe they did, so... I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, I, I would not press the panic button yet. It's it's boring, uh, sure, and I understand the frustration of it right now, but the only deal that's happened so far that I would have liked the Mariners to add, you know, done, gone out and done, uh, was probably the Gray deal oh, and, and the Bassett deal. Uh, one of those two deals would have been really nice, but, you know, you're not going to get everybody you want, so live with it. And you just move forward. Something's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. All right. So we're going to be talking more about our thoughts about the off season, what the Mariners are doing, what the league is doing, what we like, what we don't like, and everything in between. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, that is. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar, and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Now, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high in protein, so replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 
four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many amazing flavors they have to offer. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Mmm, just sounds so good. Now, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. So, Colby, you said just a second ago that it's been pretty boring so far. The reset of the free agency market and the offseason in general for baseball spring training is underway. You guys have reported it's past the mandatory report date now. Some guys are still not in camp because of uh, visa issues, uh, because obviously they weren't able to communicate with their teams to get that hammered out over the last few months. Um, but yeah, you know, things have happened a little bit here and there. There's been some sporadic deals sprinkled in over the last few days, uh, but not a lot of consistent action where we haven't really gotten a flurry of moves the dam hasn't really broken just yet there's been some minor deals for the most part um you know minor major league deals that is and then there's been you know the the sunny gray trade there's been the chris bassett trade there's obviously the big matt olson trade that happened today and you know we'll see what happens for the rest of of today and, and tomorrow uh still a few days left until spring training games are actually played but yeah, you know, we're we're starting to kind of already, you know, even though that spring training games haven't started yet, we're less than a month away from opening day. We're st- kind of already in the home stretch towards opening day. And uh, yeah, a lot of guys are still without a home. They're still without a team. Does that concern you for how guys might be able to get ready for the season, depending on how long this goes? Like say Chris Bryant doesn't sign for another three or four days. Does that concern you at all? Or a pitcher? Yeah. Um, probably more so I mean, for the pitchers. pitchers. More so, right? Yeah. 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 Um, most hitters will tell you they need about two weeks of regular at-bats to kind of adjust and get going. Um, obviously, for some guys, it's longer. Um, I, if I remember correctly, Kyle Seeger was a traditionally slow starter. Um, Edgar used to you know, go play in as many minor league games as he could because he, wanted, he needed more at-bats, he felt. Um, than you know the average person does so it's it varies greatly with the with the hitters but yeah the real thing is going to be you know building up pitchers arms um yes they've been throwing uh they've been doing their bullpens they probably even thrown a few simulated games waiting for this thing to start but it's just different man it's different we, we talk about it all the time when you talk about the nfl right well there's in shape and then there's football shape they're just different so um yeah it's going to be a slow build up um you know I kind of kicked around the idea that maybe the Mariners should go with a six man rotation out of the gate, but it doesn't seem like they're too invested in even spending money on a, a number five starter, like a true number five. So I doubt they go do that for a number six. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit concerning, um, particularly with the pitchers um, hitters. Not yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably, there's going to be some guys who struggle in the first month or two. And, and that's, you know, it's going to be tough if you're a Mariners fan, because you can't really afford to afford to have too many guys struggle for the first month or two, mm-hmm. because you, you got, you got to go, man. Um, so it's just, it's just one of those things that 
I I believe that, you know, I think it'll be okay for the most part, but I think it's going to impact pitching more so than hitting. So I, I think the idea, you know, the biggest concern for me from the Mariners perspective is that they're already saying they're ruling out basically signing that, you know, Michael Pineda type of guy. And that, that seems like a mistake to me, but uh, yeah, I, I think that mm-hmm. bats will be okay. It's the arms I'm, I'm more worried about. So just now, as we're recording a report coming from Nick Groke or Grokey, uh, who covers the Rockies for the athletics says Rockies remain interested in Chris Bryant. Sources have indicated to Ken Rosenthal and me, and it seems they are not being shy about it. You think this is just Scott Boris trying to drive up the price from the Mariners? Kind of. Or do you think the Rockies' interest is real? Because he, here's the thing. Why wouldn't the Rockies just be interested in retaining Trevor Story? Why did they trade Nolan Arenado? There's just, like, the fit with Chris Bryant. And then also, it's like, if Chris Bryant has hesitations about going to Seattle, why would he want to go to Colorado? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those, it's one of those things where you, you kind of look at it and you go, well, you know, Colorado, I guess, is... I mean, I don't even know if it's it's closer to Las Vegas than than some of the other teams. You know, Bryant's from Las Vegas, so uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what Chris Bryant considers his home team when he grew up in Vegas. Probably like the Dodgers or something like that. But um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird uh, because if, if you're Chris Bryant, I mean, it's it's kind of like a Marcus Simeon situation where like the offer you get from them has to be so much higher than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it just, it doesn't make a ton of sense because they're going to be yeah. bad for a while. And you kind of look at the other teams that are apparently interested in, in Bryant. Really. It seems like it's Seattle, Philly and Colorado. Um, there, there's obviously more that we don't know about, but it really does feel like those are the three teams that are getting mentioned the most. So um, mm-hmm. I would assume Colorado is dead last in that grouping. Um, but who knows, you know, maybe Chris Bryant just really does not want to be a Seattle Mariner. Okay. I mean, that's definitely a possibility that, that you need to account for. But uh, yeah, I think what what's happening here, I think this is Colorado has shown interest and they've made probably a pretty decent offer to Bryant. But Bryant doesn't want to play in Colorado. So Scott Boris is trying to leverage that into a better deal from either Philly or Seattle. Um, so I think it's probably a little bit of both here but i i would be pretty surprised if bryant ended up in colorado it just i i don't get it from his standpoint signing on with the rockies and i don't get it from colorado's standpoint no colorado should be rebuilding because like like let's say they sign chris bryant right what is colorado going to do win 74 games yeah whoop-de-do like and and it and it's not even like it's not like they have this amazing because um, I mean, cause, I mean look at the ownership, right? The ownership has never shown really a willingness to to invest that heavily in no. in, in 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 the team. I mean, that's why Nolan Arenado got traded away for bulk. That's why Trevor Story they're letting him just walk, mm-hmm. you know. And and obviously they have a couple of pieces there that are uh, that are decent with Herman yeah. Marquez, etc. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's really weird. I don't get it. And there's just not a ton of upside there either for them to get a lot better. It's, it's a, like, at least the Rangers have a couple of good prospects, you know, and like they, they have shown a willingness to, uh, yeah. you know, so, so I, that makes 
a little more sense for like Simeon and Seeger to go there than it is for Brian to go to Colorado. Sure. I just, I see the way that that, that organization is run. If I'm Chris Bryant and I am running, I'm sprinting in the other direction, but Hey, you know, maybe he, he wants to, to go there and get paid and, and hit a ton of home runs. He would, you know, that would do wonders probably for him just on a personal level. But if he actually, you know, wants to, to win something, you know, if he wants to go to the playoffs, if he wants to maybe even compete for a World Series or what have you, Philly and Seattle are are the options there. And really the the one place, like you said, the, the one place that I'm concerned about is Philly, right? His best friend, Bryce Harper, is there. Arguably, they have a better roster than, than the Mariners right now. Um, I just, yeah, like I could see that happening for sure. But I don't know, you know, Seattle's argument from, from, this standpoint, you know, especially if they're trying to argue their case against the Rockies is look, our process is way better <laughs> than what they got going down there. Way, way, way better. You can trust that we're going to still pay you a lot of money and we're going to put you in a position to be one of the faces of this franchise, the fa- one of the faces of this turnaround. And we're going to put you in a position to actually compete for, you know, the postseason and hopefully world series in a year or two. You could be the uh, you could be the the Theo Epstein of players. You're the curse breaker. You help the Cubs yeah. break their historic drought. Now come help the Mariners break theirs. Um, I don't know if that's an actual selling point, but it is you know fun to point out. Um, yeah, you know it's just we'll have to see. the The one thing that we can't ever account for is how much a player has interest in your team because we know how much interest the Mariners have in you know a handful of players. But yeah, what we don't know is does Chris Bryant even considering Seattle like at all, or, or is Seattle just, you know, a team that he's using as leverage. We don't know and we won't know. So it's, it's a tough spot to be in when you're trying to break this down. But overall, I, I kind of, I, I feel like it's going to be Seattle or Philly, but you Could know, be the Cubs. Yeah, baseball has a way of surprising you, and Scott Boris especially. Yeah. So, um, yeah. who knows? Maybe it's Colorado. Maybe it's the Padres. I I, I don't know. Right? Yeah. Probably not Oakland. Probably not going to be Oakland. But but, <laughs> no, probably but not who gonna knows? Be Oakland. Probably not going to be Tampa. Yeah, right. Probably not going to be Pittsburgh. Right. But <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. All right. Real quick before I we hop off here, uh, what's a move so far that's happened that you like, and what's a move so far that's happened that you don't like? Um, I like the, uh, by the way, we now have reports that Heyman, uh, from John Heyman saying the Rockies are aggressively pursuing Chris Bryant talks are quote at the ownership level. Don't know what that means, but we'll see. Um, deal that I like is probably, mm, I, I like the Chris Bassett move. Um, I like that move for the uh, for the Mets. Um, I like the Olsen move uh, for for both sides. Oakland got a haul, but Matt Olsen is a very good player. Uh, deal I don't like. Mm, we'll see what Seiya Suzuki's final number is. Um, reports are five seventy, but there are also reports saying that he has not picked a team yet. So I don't know that's still up in the air apparently. So, um, but that that seems a bit aggressive. So yeah. yeah, I so far nothing nothing that I've looked at and gone, eh. Um 
but uh, yeah, you know, there's been some. I don't know. Cool Jordan deals. Lyles getting almost like seven yeah, million dollars was yeah. a little. <laughs> that that's yeah, that's weird. But it's Baltimore, so who cares? Um, yeah, that was. Then again, I think that happened before the lockout. It just yeah, got it announced it after. Yeah. So yeah, so I guess yeah. that doesn't really count. Um, no. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything that I didn't really like. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There, there isn't anything that's really like mind-boggling to me. I don't know. If if I'm Atlanta, though, I really want to want to know what happened with the Freddie Freeman situation. Why that didn't come together? Because for me, after seeing the the, the package that they gave up, I'd just rather give Freddie Freeman the money than trade all that for for matt olson who i'm also gonna have to pay in a couple of years yep like that just yeah that that one that one's weird like the the braves got better than they were yesterday so you can't really fault them and it's not like they just let freddie freeman walk and now they're just gonna try to patchwork first base but man that is a lot. And I know that Matt Olson is one of the best first basemen in the league, but still, that is a lot for a first baseman. Yeah, we should stop uh letting the the Braves pretend that they're a they're a mid market team. They're not. <laughs> stop treating them like yeah. they are. They're in Atlanta. They're owned by CBS for crying. Like, come on. Come on. Be better. Be better. So uh yeah, I, I just I, I think it's pretty foolish to you know, just let your your basically your captain walk, and then trade a enormous package for a guy who's at best a little bit better. But I guess then the thing is, you don't have to pay that guy. So, yeah, it's 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 pure money saving move, and once again, it's owners valuing money over prospects. Not that surprising. All right, so that is going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now, make your second listen of the day locked on MLB, where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. So, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you on Wednesday with hopefully something to talk about.